0: i got to ask you this. Who is it that performs Holy Spirit baptism? Is it Holy Spirit? Who is it that performs Holy Spirit baptism? Listen, it's not Holy Spirit. I'm Terry Knight, and the pastor here at New Life Community Church, and I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you up one side and down the others. We fellowship together here for the next several moments. Well, let me wish you all a very happy Easter. I trust you've had a great Easter week, passion week, a great time for the church. When we look back at what Jesus did for us, it gives us great hope for the future, and jesus return we try to remind you of that every week that jesus is coming back and boy what an exciting time of the year it is to be able to say that to you again jesus is coming back is he coming back for you i trust that he is here's what i want to ask you this morning as we begin to get into this particular teaching it's one that we've titled filled with and we're talking about the baptism with the holy spirit being filled with holy spirit And the question I want to begin and end with this morning is this. Why do I need to be filled with Holy Spirit? Why do you need to be filled with Holy Spirit? Now, some of you listening, you've heard this teaching over and over again, uh, well enough that you could explain it to others. There's some of you listening right now, and you're scratching your head like, what in the world is that guy talking about, being filled with the Holy Spirit? What is a Holy Spirit? We've talked about that in this teaching, and it's very, very important for you to know and understand this in terms of your well-being as a member of the forever family of God. Let me jump right on into this. Our text passage for this particular series is Mark chapter 1, verse number 8. Again, Mark chapter 1 verse 8 is our text passage, but I want to read a a marginal verse for you or with you right now that explains a little bit about what we're talking about, and we'll look at this in some detail here momentarily. It's found in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. Acts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. and The record puts it this way, but you will receive power... When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. That's the first part of the verse. I'm going to stop right there. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each one listening in right now, whether they're listening live or later. And I pray that by your word, you would convict their heart, convince them of your truth and your purpose and plan for their life. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. Holy Spirit. What John is saying is that Jesus is going to come along later. Can you say later? And he's going to utilize Holy Spirit for another type of baptism. Another type of baptism. Isn't that what he's saying? now watch in both instances there is the dipper and the dippy and the change agent that is applied what i'm trying to show you is that the new testament is teaching us this by using something physical to show us something spiritual i trust you're getting this So to answer the question, I'm repeating myself somewhat. I'm doing it on purpose. What does it mean to be filled with Holy Spirit? It means this. It means yielding to a saturation or an infusion of Holy Spirit of God to the mass. Yielding to. It's pretty easy. Somewhat difficult for me to illustrate yielding to with this piece of cloth because this cloth has no will, mind, muscles, agenda. It's just a piece of cloth. Somebody just made it, and it just lays around like a lot of people I know. No, it just kind of lays there until you pick it up and do something with it. But how many of you know that in order to be born again, you have to yield? Jesus Christ did not grab any of you or anyone else by the nap of the neck and drag them down, kicking and screaming and saying, you are going to accept me or else. Okay. Now, I read for you this morning about or uh, a part of Paul's experience. How many of you know at the end of the day, Paul had a choice? Yep. You can argue with that if you want to. I believe he could have went boogity, boogity, boogity if he'd have wanted to. But he didn't. He realized what was going on and he yielded to that. What does it mean to be filled with? It means yielding to a saturation of an infusion of Holy Spirit. To be filled with Holy Spirit means to be immersed or baptized with or in Holy Spirit. Now, let me move along, number five, on your study notes. Beloved, as water baptism requires a yielding, so does spirit baptism. Holy Spirit is not going to force you to be spirit baptized. Jesus is not going to force you to be Spirit-baptized. God the Father is not going to force you to be Spirit-baptized. There may be some well-meaning zealots that will grab you and think they can force you into being Spirit-baptized, but they cannot. You have to ask for it. You have to yield to it. Watch me, church. That starts in the heart. It doesn't start out there. People can make you do some things out there. And you're kicking and screaming the whole way in your heart, no, 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 you can't make me. Here's why it's important to understand that the water comes after the fact. You make a decision for Christ well before you hit the water. Think about that. You make that decision well before the water same thing with spirit in filling or spirit filling now here's some good news about salvation listen to romans ten thirteen. the word of god says this and that's just all that i believe that's what i preach that's what i live by i think i'm going to die by it for everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be say it with me church there's a key word there in that verse what do you think it is saved who everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Likewise, Holy Spirit baptism. Listen to Luke chapter 11 and verse 13. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. We got to watch Tucker play basketball yesterday. That's a hoot. And at the end of that, Lolly, or Lolly took him to this little room where they had some goodies and bought him a, I don't know what it was, some kind of, oatmeal cookie, yeah, every guy's dream on Saturday morning that oatmeal cookie he eat that up, Lolly's good at doing those things for the grandkids he says here if you know how to give good gifts to your children, look at this how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him how much more, wow I gotta ask you this Who is it that performs Holy Spirit baptism? Is it Holy Spirit? Who is it that performs Holy Spirit baptism? Listen, it's not Holy Spirit. Let me help you see this, really important. I want you to note again what John said in our text, chapter 1, verse 8. I baptize you with water, but he... Who is he? Jesus the Christ, the one that shed his blood for us to make our salvation possible. He will baptize you with what? With the Holy Spirit, fill in number six with me. Beloved, it is Jesus Christ and no other than Jesus Christ that fills one with or baptizes one with Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with? It means yielding to a saturation of. What does it mean to be filled with Holy Spirit? Yielding to a saturation of, an infusion of, Holy Spirit of God, uh, To the match, if you please. And we've tried to illustrate that before you this morning. Now, quickly, I'm going to try to wrap all of this up by going to Acts chapter 8. And I want you to see this. It's very important for you to see this. According to the Word of God, which is our only record, I'm not going to entrust my eternal salvation to what Joe Blow wrote and put a book in the library. But the, the record that we have helps us to understand that people in the Old, or people in the New Testament, old days is what I was trying to say, they believed the claims of Christ. I'm going to show you. They were saved from their sins by accepting Jesus' finished work on the cross, the shedding of his blood, and watch this, they were water baptized. But, And you know, that's as far as the average person, even in this part of the world, that's as far as they ever go, right there. That's why I encourage you to read the Bible because there's something else. Many have never received the baptism with or been filled with Holy Spirit. One such occasion as I'm talking about is here in Acts chapter 8. Let me tell you what's going on. You recall the story of a spirit-filled preacher by the name of Philip. I know he was spirit-filled. I didn't make this up. Acts chapter 6 and verse 5 tells us he's in a list of people. They were spirit-filled. And he and many others were forced by persecution to flee Jerusalem, now listen to me, church. Sometimes things that look ugly and out of control and just seems like, oh, woe is me. Why is this happen- happening? It's part of God's plan to put you somewhere else. Yeah. Are you listening to me? That's a subliminal message. I won't charge you any extra for that this morning. But this other part, I'm charging you dearly for it, so listen up. I'm kidding. Here's what happens uh, with Philip, Once he fled the city of Jerusalem, he ended up in the area of Samaria. Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. It was significant for you to know he was in a rotten neighborhood as far as they were concerned. What happened? Verse 5, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. What does that mean, Pastor Terry? Very simply, he preached the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the soon coming of Christ. That's what he was doing, preaching the gospel. And it was with the Holy Spirit anointing. Have You ever heard a guy preach? And it seems like it's not just a lawyer talking in a courtroom and you're just hearing words or some philosophy professor somewhere, but whatever's being said is just kind of shaking you to the core. We call that Holy Spirit anointing. That's how Philip was preaching. Well, what happened? Verse 6 tells us, when the crowds heard Philip doing what, church? Are y'all still with me? Now, I know you can go to other churches and just get half this message, but uh, you know, I think you deserve the best. So I'm giving you the whole thing this morning. Are you with me? Here we go. When the crowds heard Philip preaching the gospel and they saw the miraculous signs, he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. They paid close attention to the gospel. They were receiving it. Look at verse 7. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were Healed. Some of these people come dragging up to this event and then they left whole. They come in part, they left whole. Some of them full of demonic, evil spirits and those spirits were removed and they left whole. Look at this, verse eight. So there was great joy in that city. Why? Because there was a tremendous revival of new converts. That's why. There wasn't just great joy because Philip showed up and said a few things. It's because they experienced the Power and the presence of God, the joy of the Lord. Albeit, now watch this New Life Community Church. These folks were not yet fully discipled. How many of you know it's possible to kneel here this morning? You don't have to kneel, by the way. You can be anywhere, anywhere God is. But you can kneel right here this morning. And you can genuinely be born again. And get up and leave here. How many of you know at that point you do not know everything that is in here? Am I right? I've been reading and studying and preaching this for four decades, and I still somebody mentioned to me this week something they had read in the Bible and said, I'd never, "I never read through the Bible every year. I've never seen that before. Well, welcome to the Bible. It's what it, Yeah, you, you can't outthink God. He's, he's amazing. Look at verse 12. I want you to see that these people were born again. It says, but when they believed Philip... When they believed Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, water baptized, baptism, to symbolize a new birth, both men and women. Again, it's a reference to salvation. Verse 13 is somewhat of a parenthesis, but it tells us about Simon. Simon was a witch doctor for all intents and purposes. He was a sorcerer. But we're told that he himself believed. Hallelujah. Can you imagine the witch doctor found Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Bible tells us that he was baptized in water and he followed Philip around everywhere astonished by the great signs and the miracles that he saw. Listen, Simon practiced sorcery. He was a fake and he recognized that Philip was a real deal and he was following around. Hey, Philip, can I go with you? Huh, can I, can I? Huh, huh Philip, Philip, where are we going today? Show me some of that stuff. Now, Simon... Again, was not fully discipled, and he got a little whacked out because he thought that he could buy what Philip had. Listen to me. In particular, you rich folks out there, you can't buy this. It isn't for sale, but it isn't cheap. And Simon found out that he couldn't buy this, and all indications are he kind of got things straightened out. That brings me to verse 14. We're winding down. My winder is winding down question for you at the end of this verse 14 says when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria where this revival is going on look at this had accepted the Word of God new birth they sent Peter and John a couple of apostles that had walked and talked with Jesus and had been spirit baptized. They sent Peter and John to them. Look at verse 15. When they, when Peter and John arrived, they prayed for them. Notice what it says. They prayed that all of them would get a new house and a new car and have a lot of money and uh, that all everybody would love them. See it there? They prayed for them that they might, these born-again people that believed what Philip was preaching, that they might receive Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit baptism. And here's the question, is it possible, and I believe that it is, that these Samaritans had identified with Jesus through Philip's water baptism, and yet did not fully Understand or comprehend the nature and the necessity of Holy Spirit infilling or Holy Spirit baptism. Why? Purely because they had not yet been taught it. Of all the years preaching, and perhaps the last series that I did here may be an exception to what I'm about to tell you, I can preach on nearly anything in the Bible. But when I start preaching on this, ooh, you're talking about spiritual warfare and distractions and all kinds of things. Why do you think that is? It's key. I want to suggest to you, you can fill in number seven and you can put your shoes on. Don't leave it. I want to suggest to you, That when Peter and John, who had been spirit-filled at Pentecost, when they came up to Samaria, they forthright enlightened these new converts and helped them realize the necessity of following through with spirit baptism. And indeed, they did. Let me recap this. And it's important to do so. When you hear the gospel message, ever who you are, and you purpose to accept it, as the truth that it is. And you place your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. The Holy Spirit of God actually serves as the agent, the power, the facilitator that literally places you in Jesus. It's like I might put this in something or something else in something. It is holy... Uh, it. Holy Spirit that actually places you into Jesus. Now watch this. At that point, Holy Spirit applies the blood of Christ with his big old spiritual paintbrush. He paints over all of the sin in your life. Every square inch of your sinful existence. And at that point, you are born again or saved. Born of Christ. The spirit, that's that spiritual birth that it was talking about. That is illustrated by water baptism. You go down in one way, come back up another way. Does that make sense? Now that we are positionally in Christ, we are set up to be truly set apart by receiving that which John pointed to. One more time, I want you to look at this. I baptize you with water, symbolically representing your new birth. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Watch this church bringing us not only position in Christ, but more so power. The power that is available to those who have been or become a part of the forever family of God. The very moment we believe, and I believe this, the very moment we accept Jesus Christ's blood sacrifice, we become a new person. We are saved, literally born anew. The water baptism is an outward method of testifying to the world of Jesus' death to the old person. That water is that representative change agent, if you please, just like that old dingy piece of cloth goes into the dying and kind of comes up different. That's what that water represents. But the question remains, Pastor Terry, if I went down an old dingy center and I believed and the Holy Spirit's washed me and I've been baptized in the water and all that kind of stuff and I've come up, then why do I need this other baptism that you're talking about? Why? Why? Tell me why. Because God doesn't want you looking like this. And so many today in the church look like this. Half committed. And Hear me. I'm not berating anybody. I am just want you to understand. They're just half doing this thing. Half the power they should have. When God wants you to look like this fellow. Full. Why do we need Jesus to baptize us in the Spirit? Because it brings to us a genuine power to walk the walk. Let me show you. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 and we close. Not Mark 1. Acts 1 verse 8. But you will receive, help me church, power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. For what? And you will be my witnesses. Power. Power. be a witness oh I haven't done this teaching justice but I'm here to tell you beloved there are types and shadows of this plan of God all through the Bible and they are inspiring I want you to make a note somewhere of the number of times that you see blood mentioned and water mentioned and oil mentioned in the scriptures all representing salvation and baptism and spirit baptism not one or two of those things but all of those things. Well, beloved, that's going to wrap up this particular teaching, and I want to conclude by asking you the question we began with tonight. Why do I? Why do you need to be filled with Holy Spirit? In this verse that we shared with you near the end, we open with, and I'm going to come back to it, Acts chapter 1 verse number 8. Listen very carefully to this. It says this, "But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you." Why do I need power? You need power daily to be able to live out this walk that God has called us to in relationship with Jesus. It's very important. That's why so many try and fail. They're trying in the flesh to live out the Christian life. You can't do it. It's like the Old Testament to saints trying to live out the lifestyle of the law. They tried and failed, tried and failed, tried and failed, and had to go through those same sacrifices, those same rituals, time and time again because this flesh just can't do it. You need indwelling Holy Spirit to enable you to do so. Pastor Terry, how do I receive Holy Spirit? You just pray, you ask Jesus, Jesus baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. You do that by faith. What do I mean by that? Believing that He will do it. If you're like, well, I'll give this a shot, uh, that's not really faith. Beloved, faith is reading in the Word of God, knowing and understanding what the Word of God says, and in faith, putting it into action in your own life. We've given you sufficient scriptural, biblical evidence to uh, undergird this teaching. And I trust that it has inspired your faith. Father God, I thank you for each one listening in right now. Again, whether they're listening live or later, and I pray that your Word, your Word, in particular these words with regards to your purpose and plan of Holy Spirit infilling would illuminate their spirit, their mind. May they know it and understand it and believe it and pray and receive that which you have purposed for them, we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, let me wrap it up this way. Beloved, if you have been born again, spirit-filled, you've prayed this prayer, it's very important that you share that testimony with someone. Well, Pastor Terry, can I just remain a secret agent? Well, no, probably not, because when that takes place inside, it has to get out. And I want to encourage you not to suppress that, to keep that in and say, well, this is embarrassing, or I don't know about this. Let it go tell somebody what god has done for you in other words or in fact tell everyone you know that you know jesus and tell everyone you know about this wonderful relationship and this wonderful spirit uh, spirit infilling or spirit baptism why well it'll help you to be a stronger witness for one and to be stronger in this uh this walk with the lord it will also encourage others to experience it for themselves. That's what the witness is all about. Well, my time is uh, nearly gone. I do want to take this uh, opportunity to invite you one more time to come out and be a part of what's taking place here at New Life. We are open, live, and in person on Sunday morning. 10 o'clock is our primary worship celebration. We also have midweek activities. Wednesday night, we call that Family Ministries Night, something for the children, KFC, Kids for Christ, ES5 youth group and the adult CNC groups, the care and compassion groups. Something for nearly every member of the family and I trust that would include you. I've got to get out of here. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. I trust you're going to have a great week. What's left of it? God bless and remember my friends Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you? ¡Suscríbete